Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. Welcome to Arkansas Row Crops Radio. My name is Jared Hardke, Rice Extension Agronomist for the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. I'd like to talk a little today about rice harvest and drying issues going on in the field currently. Uh, today, September 20th, 2019. A few questions going on out there in the field. Some have centered around uh, false smut out there, particularly in the later planted rice that's still to harvest. Uh, really with that we, we wrote a little on uh, our written uh, newsletter last week but just to follow up on that topic several of our preferred cultivars right now both varieties and hybrids can have a little more susceptibility to false smut to begin with and then when we move into later planting dates the potential for false smut increases uh, when we have higher nitrogen rates, a wet year like this, uh, uh, many did try to push the nitrogen a little bit, trying to get as much yield out of the crop as possible. That push in nitrogen rate is going to further exaggerate the potential for false smut. So obviously diamond uh, from Rice Tech, the Gemini 214 Clearfield or XP760, uh, then the PVL01 variety that those are some of the main ones not just those but some of the main ones that are going to have the potential because they are very susceptible to false smut to begin with in reality even if you did make a fungicide application of generally speaking a, a triazole the tilt or propiconazole even at a, at a pretty good rate you know if you hit the minimum six ounce rate or even went higher at more of an eight to ten ounce rate there's there's a potential that you're still only going to see 50 to 70 percent suppression of false smut. Given how showy the false smut spores, that spore ball, can be, it, it can still look like you didn't do much damage with that fungicide application and you may have actually done a very good job suppressing that false smut fungus. However, again, when you start thinking that you have 200, 250, some in that range, kernels per panicle, when you see a few of them, it can seem like there's a lot, but it's only replacing a few kernels. And again, false smut, it differs in many ways from kernel smut. False smut's going to replace those kernels pretty much entirely. And there would be theoretically some potential for the plant to go ahead and fill some other kernels it may not have planned on originally based on its resources to, to combat that, that loss of a few kernels. So we're probably not going to see that yield loss from false smut unless it's a very exaggerated terrible situation. Saw some very bad instances of false smut last year in 2018 to no result. Cut some phenomenal yields. Also on the milling side of things, kernel smut again a much greater problem. Kernel smut forms inside the hull. It's replacing all or part of the kernel. It's very difficult to get out in the cleaning and milling process so you end up contaminating a lot of grain because it's very difficult to get out. False smut again on the other hand forms in a way that it's, it's replaced the whole kernel, it's, it's very exposed, it gets dried down and, and removed very easily in the, in the sorting and cleaning process. So you're again less likely to see a milling impact from false smut compared to kernel smut. Really beyond that, certainly one of potentially even the, the bigger topic beyond the false smut 
conversation going on right now is is just how rapidly grain moisture has been dropping in the field and this is something we've been talking about for a couple of weeks since it finally decided to turn very hot and dry very unique weather pattern at least for 20, 2019 or, or really since since the fall of 2018 that, that's been raining and now for the last month it has rained very little very hot and dry very very low dew uh, and some mornings there's virtually no dew. That doesn't mean that we're not seeing a little elevation of grain moisture uh, early in the morning, but you can walk out there and not even get your pants wet. Uh, there, there's so very little dew at that point in time. So again, very high temperatures getting in the upper 90s uh, and then actually falling off at night down into the 60s. That tells you how low the humidity is because when we have very high humidity, the temperature cannot get very high and then you don't have the fallout at night. You, you keep a much more narrow temperature range. So that's a big reason for the fallout. There are folks out there right now cutting rice that's, that's even 12, or in the 12 to 13 percent moisture range out of the field that, that doesn't seem like it should be that dry. But that is the fallout and again not having the heavy dew set or any rains intermittent to, to kind of keep some moisture up in the grain. That's the large driver. The one thing with that moisture drop that's going to be a little bit counterintuitive to what we would normally say, our, our usual rule of thumb is that when our grain moisture falls too rapidly down to the levels we're, we're talking about here, 12, 13, 14%, you know, essentially getting below 16%, that we should see more milling problems. But the reason it's counterintuitive is because the lack of moisture being applied back to this grain as it dries down in the form of dew or rainfall is not going to create the same re-wetting and drying that typically results in all the fissures that end up lowering our head rise shields that we're normally concerned with. So we're starting to get some, some potential rain or, or wet pattern maybe back now. Temperatures are going to back off a little bit. And so that may allow some, some more rainfall to start coming in now. So it may be a little bit of a concern going forward, but it's not too much of a surprise for rice that's been coming out so far that milling yields have largely been holding up pretty well. There may be the potential for some fields milling lower and that having to do with maybe being drained a little too early. Again, running into that heat that we haven't seen coming with, with how hot September uh, has, has turned into, but again, milling yield is definitely holding up better than most would expect. But when you kind of think about the uniqueness of the scenario, once again, another unique thing about 2019 uh, being so dry that we're not seeing the typical negative impact of, of harvesting it at lower milling yields. A few other questions have revolved around drying charges, particularly related to, again, very dry rice being taken out of the field. Uh, keep in mind, there, there's always going to be a charge everywhere for uh, green rice, that, that being rice taken directly out of the field and delivered somewhere. No matter how dry that rice is, there's always green material in there as part of it. There's always some greener kernels, uh, green tissue, stems, leaves, all those portions. And ultimately, they're, they're all going to go through a dryer and have to be processed. There's always going to be a charge related to that, even when it's, when it's pretty dry. Um, again, rice, uh, rice from last season or even rice from this year that has been run through a grain bin and already dried and a lot of that material is gone, that, yes, that's definitely going to be in a different scenario 
as far as avoiding drying charges. But again, someone's still running air or potentially even heat over that grain uh, to dry it down. If you take anybody, whether it's being delivered somewhere or, or to your own bins, if you if you put it in that bin, uh, you're going to have to run air over it or you're going to see that moisture come up once it's piled in there. So uh, also keep in mind that our, our standard uh, for dry long-term storage rice is 12% moisture. So anything over 12% is, is typically going to have a, a shrinkage deduction applied to it. And that's a pretty standard calculation. So it, at times it, it still may seem large, but the conversion back to 12% is pretty straightforward. So again, even something that's 12.5% moisture at, at delivery is going to have a correction to 12%. So uh, just a few things again to keep in mind uh, as we continue through harvest, we're about halfway done top and bottom in the state. Uh, largely, again, very good progress, mostly positive yield reports. There are isolated incidents out there that um, may have been yield issues related to herbicide drift. Some of them seem related to some of the pop-up thunderstorms that did occur back during flowering uh, on some of these fields. But again, for the most part, yield reports have been largely positive. So feel good about this year so far. Still a lot to learn on the later planted rice about how well it has held up, but with the mild temperatures throughout the summer, we feel pretty confident that they are going to hold up much better than they usually do in what we'll call an average year. Still, still know exactly what an average year is, but averaged across previous years, that, that gives us some perspective. So uh, again, still expecting those to hold up pretty well and, and including the milling there but but this heat has played unique games with with that rice as well as it has tried to fill so uh, we still have again another half of the crop to get out as we're most of the way through september now and we'll continue to monitor things going forward and pass along any recommendations or advice as we get an opportunity and with that i'm going to wrap it up for today thanks for joining us once again on arkansas row crops radio Arkansas Row Crops Radio is a production of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.edu.